What's going on, golf addicts? Really pumped to have my boy John Middlecoff with us. He is the host of the Three and Out podcast, the host of uh, the, the, what is it? What's your other guy's name? Middlecoff and what? Oh, Haberman and Middlecoff. It was a a local radio show in the Bay that we kind of transitioned now podcast. Love it. Well, you can catch John on Colin Cowherd's network, Volume Up Sports, and uh, he's just a big PGA fan. I love his takes. He's a takesmith. Follow each other on Twitter. Had to have him on the show. Want to talk about live golf. Want to talk a little golf gambling. Uh, first of all, John, thanks for uh, thanks for meeting up and agreeing to do this, buddy. Yeah, what's going on? I've been listening to you guys. Uh, I'm a golf gambling addict, and nice. I've been listening to to you two for a while now. Uh, I always, especially the 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 long shots. I love uh, listening to that part of this week. I mean, we're recording this as John Deere is going on. Like, listen, boring boring field. Yeah, but when you gamble. It, makes you pay attention you know 100 percent, man and we both got some cash on jt post and he's off to a good start our buddy jt uh, i love that man i love that you're you're a golf diehard you know gambler like us and uh you know we're definitely not professionals but um we've been doing it for a long time and love the long shots love the chase love the sweat of golf uh and actually you know i think that um i i think that's one thing we can kind of get started here if you want to talk about it john we were talking about live before the podcast started and just thinking through like how how live could how live is going to fit into the gambling landscape right because right now there's only a few books that have uh that have the regulations and everything set up for you to gamble on live golf uh, it's available primarily on like betmgm has a lot of states available but like doesn't it kind of suck though when you think about i mean i hate betting on a wgc event because it's like no cut i feel like i lose a little bit of the edge the field's so Agreed. small like, so, what are we going to do with that? Like, what's going to get you jazzed up? I know you love top 10 bets. Like, t- betting a top 10 in a 50-man field sucks, too. I, I know. I, uh, so I was, I was at the gym, and I have I, – I got ESPN Plus. The ESPN Plus has done a great job if you like gambling they, on golf because yeah. you can watch so much of it on Thursdays and Fridays and even, like, Saturday and Sundays on the morning when you're watching specific guys. And I had it up, and like you said, I'm, I'm watching JT, and he's just fucking birdie after birdie. I'm like, hell yeah. Yep. And, uh, and then I'm like, well, I got to check out Pumpkin Ridge, so I flip over. And whenever the first event happened, remember, they had like 100,000 people watching it one time on YouTube. It was like Pat McAfee numbers, and it was big. And I flip it on, and I wasn't quite sure if it was live. And I, I've never played there, so I couldn't tell the course. It kind of looked like the course that they had just played, a couple of the holes I saw. And then I realized it was Pumpkin Ridge, and they had 10 holes left. But then I'm like, what am I watching? I, I'm not gambling on any of these people. I, yeah. I, you know, Phil, Scruffy Phil. It's like, what? I, and again, I, I am not anti these guys leaving. Totally understand why they all did. They all have their different reasons, all different points in their career. Uh, you know, you can argue over individuals. But, like, listen, when you hear Bryson, who no one likes him on the PGA Tour, he tries to get on the pack board. They won't let him on. Yeah. So he's like, you guys don't like me. I, I can't. I, I'm a YouTube addict. You won't let me YouTube, which we can say whatever we want, but that's a legitimate rule. And yeah. he's not allowed to do that. And he's obviously doing it there. So he leaves. Um, it, it's a problem. I, I like I enjoy watching Bryson. I remember last year when was he playing him and Westwood going at it at the Arnold Palmer and him bombing drives like that was fun. Yeah. Bryson is, regardless of what you think about him, an important cog to the PGA Tour. You, know, you can't just lose like the NFL doesn't just want to lose like Tyreek Hill or Nick Bosa. Like he, he's an important member and just star of their league. So I, I'm going to pay attention and it's clearly only starting, but from a gambling aspect, 
once they get that figured out, I, I do think that could impact, you know, someone like me who ultimately I just want to consume golf and I want to consume the best golfers. I love like you, I like playing golf and I love the watching the best guys, you know, <laughs> go, dominate. Yeah. It's fun. I, I enjoy the PGA tour, but part of that is because they have tiger, Phil, Rory, you know, Jordan, whoever. And now you keep stealing those guys. Obviously the names change as you age or whatever, but it's, it's, I mean, it's one of the bigger stories in sports because yeah, of all the elements, right? The money, the politics, all, all everything. Yeah. And I, I don't, I hate it when people say like, cause I mean, if you followed us long enough, you probably know I can't stand Bryson DeChambeau as a human. I, I, but think, I think, and most people don't, yeah, you know, I, he's, I think he's, he's douchey. He's a hundred percent something the game needs. He's interesting. Uh, I want to watch him. Other people want to watch him. And I totally respect what he did to his body and to his game. Like, it's incredible. So mad props there. Um, but I don't like it that these, these people don't understand on Twitter and on whatever when they're going like, oh, all lives got is a bunch of washed up guys and guys that, you know, all the, all the tools of the PGA Tour, you know, and they're dogging on Matt Wolf and they're dogging on, on Brooks and they're talking about how bad these guys are playing. And I'm like, y'all, we are, we are not that far from Brooks. I mean, Brooks should have won the PG could have won the PGA championship last year going he was in the final group he was he was head-to-head on Phil like Brooks is not going to be a guy he won the waste management in 21 won the waste management yeah like it's these guys are 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 not that far out of this thing Matt Wolf is is going to be a good golfer for a while I think still Uh, I, I his his game has definitely suffered lately he's had some mental battles he's been struggling with I don't know that getting a you know ass ton of money from from the live tour is going to help him all that much but he's got a ton of talent in there uh and, and all the villains all the villains that the pga tour needs and make interesting are now uh, you know over there at live and so like for me i guess it, the big picture is like when do we press the panic button as uh you know as as golf fans and golf nerds because right now what i hate is that this whole thing feels so fractured and segmented and diluted that I'm, I'm worried that the product, both products are going to be so diluted with talent that neither one of them are going to be all that exciting to watch. That's I, I completely that's agree. I, I, I'm with you on the Matt Wolf slander. It's like two and a half years ago when the trio was coming out, right? Him, Hovland, who were teammates in college, and, and Colin. If it was the NFL or the NBA, we would have been discussing those, one of those three guys is going to go number one yeah. in the draft. Yeah. Like he would have been in the mix. And early on, it was like, is Wolf the best one? Yeah. Obviously, Morikawa's resume is the best. And you would say Hovland has been more consistent than Wolf, but Hovland's been terrible in majors. Yeah. Wolf was right there with Bryson at Wingfoot. And he kind of came out of nowhere a little bit on the weekend at Harding Park, but I think he finished fourth. Yeah, I saw someone say, I'm trying to look it up right now, but it's not coming that his season actually this year is not as bad as the way people are talking about it. I think he was like 57th in FedEx points. He's not like going to, he wouldn't been like off the tour on this pace. He's no. just having a rough year, but relative to like most people, he's still racking up cash and he's 23 years old. Yeah. So and I'd argue him and Bryson and Kepka, like I, I do think you could stomach losing DJ, even though he's the most accomplished of kind of that crew in terms of longevity. Yeah. But Kepka's got four majors, and the way we judge people in golf is majors. And Wolf is a stud young player who's having some rough times, but you do not want to lose him. And, and Bryson, villain, whatever you want, is a star. And really, I would say. Spieth, Rory are probably the truly most famous with casual, non-diehard golf people. Yeah. 
I do think Bryson entered that chat. Hundred uh, percent. The last, the last year, like you just met. If you just went to an SEC game and we're just bullshitting with a guy that loves sports, he would know who Bryson DeChambeau was, even if he doesn't play golf. And, and you can't. Golf is not the NFL or Major League Baseball or you know big enough or you know European soccer where you can afford to lose or the PGA Tour specifically. And I'm with you. I don't want, I, I just, I don't care what the tour is. I just want the best players all playing with each other, right? I wish this week at Pumpkin Ridge or at John Deere, we just had a crew of the majority of good players, yep. right? Yeah. So, what, which is not going to be the case. It's only going to get worse, clearly. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, we'll talk about that. Like, but let me ask you this as we look at the world golf ranking and we, we kind of start to play the world golf ranking game, at what point do we, do we truly start to panic? Is it, you know, uh, is it Tony Finau? Probably not. Is it Billy Horschel? Probably not. The number 14th running player in the world is Hideki Matsuyama. He's a, another major champion, a master's champion. He's a worldwide uh, draw, and he's massive. Obviously. I got a Brit- I got a British Open bet on him, too. I think you might have mentioned it, or I was listening to someone. I was like, yeah, you know, he, he hit that three-wood at, uh, at the U.S. Open, you know, when he was in that little low. Yep. It's like, Hideki's got a lot of shots. If he's on, well, you know, he, could, short he could dominate over there. And the short game. I just came back from Scotland. Got to play the old I, course with the bleachers and leaderboards up. How awesome incredible. was it? So incredible. Uh, but, you, you, you know, it, it emphasizes a lot on the short game, too. But, and Hideki's got loads of that that people don't give him enough credit for. Very but. flat greens, right? It's just, it's not much undulation. It's no. just very flat. No. That, that almost shocked me the most because, like, people say that about Augusta all the time, my hometown. They're like, wow, I can't believe until I get out here how much undulations on the greens. Like, you can't tell from the TV. Same thing at the old course. Like, those greens are not flat at all. Oh, they're not? There is a ton of undulation. Like, a ton of undulation. Got, got me in a ton of trouble. Plenty. Um, so so I, you could put some crazy pin, pin positions yeah, out there. Yeah, I think, it, I think the greens are very similar. Outside of speed, they're very similar to Augusta. Lots of up and down, lots of undulation. Um, but I mean, is Hideki is Hideki in the same class in terms of if we lose, if the PGA Tour lost Hideki, is that like losing a Will Zalatoris, a Jordan Spieth, a Justin Thomas, or a Rory or a John Rahm? Is it yeah, but I, I would say maybe internationally for him. I, I think maybe I look at it more domestically. I, I think it's yeah. very important. Like that's why losing Kepka and Bryson. Yeah. Like once DJ went, you felt like, well, maybe he's just over it, and he kind of had this weird vibe the last couple years even though he was still really good, it, it, you could stomach it. To me, Bryson and Kepka were just like gut punches. And yeah. I, I would say it would be American group. Like a, what if Xander and Cantlay, that little duo, both bounced? Yeah. Did you watch the Brooks? I'm sure you did. Did you watch the Kepka press conference the other day? Before? Yeah. I love the three of them sitting at the dais. I, the, the PJ Tour should do more of that. Like I do like multiple that guys up there kind of getting peppered at once. Like, but I mean, my, my hot take on this is like, I just, I'm over Kepka's tough guy attitude. Like, I, I, I was in the – Pat makes fun of me. My co-host, Pat Perry, for those of you that don't know, Pat, uh, one, of the, one of the times that I really almost sent Pat to, uh, you know, barfing in a brown bag is when we got press credentials for the 2020 Players' Championship, the, 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 the week that the whole world shut down. I was there. We had press credentials. And you I go asked, to that, you go to the concert who, who played on uh, Wednesday Chain night. Smokers. Chain smokers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well I'm in the press room on Tuesday and Brooks is up there and I wanted to ask him a question because the week before Adam Scott had been pictured and video, you know, played a tournament wearing baggy pleated pants, you know? And I was like, Holy shit. Are pleated pants. Is that, is that, is that what we're about to do right now? Is all that coming back? You gotta be kidding me. So Brooks being a, you know, fashionable Nike guy or whatever, I wanted to ask him if Nike, 
threw, threw down some scripting for you this week, you know, some pleated pants like Adam Scott had last week, what would you do? Would you wear them? And, he j- and I was just having fun, just a lighthearted question. It was a dumb question, right? And I do dog on a lot of the members of the golf media for asking really stupid questions, and here I was asking one. But he could not have been a bigger jackass than me for asking that question, right? And I could have asked him the same old shit he gets asked all the, you know, every other tournament he goes to. But he could not have been a bigger jackass to me for that. And then, like, week in and week out, I, I read every press conference. I watch every press conference every week. That's part of, you know, some of the stuff we do for handicapping. Your gambling strategy, yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean. And he's just an asshole every week. And to me, it's like, you don't have to be buddy-buddy with these guys. And I know they're asking tough questions at Live, but you got to know that's coming, right? But, like, just he was just dripping with arrogance and, like, this tough guy thing. And he, he want, to me, it's like he acts like he doesn't care when really deep down he cares a lot. And, and, I, and I don't I'm, – I'm now officially out. Like, that press conference for me on Brooks, I was like, I'm out on the guy. No longer a fan. Like, when the whole Brooks-Bryson thing was going, I was Team Brooks. Like, I was like, go Brooks, go Brooks, go Brooks, because I can't stand Bryson. Now I can't stand either one of them. But, like, to me, his whole attitude in that thing was just so shitty. It's well, just so to me, I, I, was, uh, I, I played in, like, a skins game on last week, if you're listening to this, and I was, uh, we were having some beers and bullshitting. And we were just talking, like, last week at the U.S. Open, for him to pretend, and I know he's won there, like, he's a U.S. Open champion. It's like, bro. Your fucking brother joined. Your yeah. brother, who yeah. I, I was looking on Instagram, yeah. looked like he was the best man in your wedding. Your brother joined. Yeah. So I, I, I would give you some leeway if you were like Xander or whatever. Like, you know, I got to stop asking me these questions. I have no connection. Your brother played in the event, who, let's face it, would not have sniffed the live, no. the PGA Tour, anything if his name was John Middlecoff. Yeah. So clearly, and I, I know you're a big college sports guy. Yep. What happens usually in college sports? I get like a brother yep. to get the, brother. the other brother. Yep. You know, I, I, I hire a cousin on my staff to get the kid. It's like, Brooks, it's a pretty fair question for you specifically when your brother was there. Yeah. And then a oh, day later for him to be like, yeah, we didn't even, we just started talking about it. Like the other thing is golf. I would say the golf consumer, a huge part of the sport is when you're on the course, you're either gambling with your buddy, even if it's a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, yeah. you're talking business. Like money is incorporated in the sport. So like these guys can say, like, listen, I got a lot of money. I most of the consumer understands what's going on. So for him to keep talking like this, like him and DJ clearly aren't as close as they once were. I would say the big difference between him and DJ, DJ is just much more just easier to deal with. Yeah. It may it might just be his personality or whatever, but like, does it feel like DJ's always getting into these these things with the media because he's not like as contentious. So it's like, Brooks, I don't understand why you're acting so angry about this. When you just set yourself up a week ago to freak out about it, when your brother was in it previously. So everyone was like, why is he so mad right now? It's just, I'm with you. He's just, he's kind of an angry guy. Yeah. And what we've all, what we've all wanted since this whole thing came out, I think even the fans and even the media that like have really, really, you know, shit on this whole idea. We all just want these guys to be honest. Like Pat Perez's answer in the in the in the press conference was somewhat refreshing. He, he well, you tweeted it out, right? I yeah, mean, it was he, just he still didn't say much about the money. He didn't say much about it. We didn't. He didn't get as much as a lot of the other guys. So you don't want to just didn't. throw out. You know, gave me ten million. Yeah, you sit next to the guys that got one hundred and fifty. <laughs> yeah, but but at least he was pretty candid about it. You know, look, I'm old. I've been. I played in five hundred something events. Like my ass is tired. I, I. That's all you need. Like. 
if these guys would just own it, it would be so much. It would be so much better. I, I like I like Pat, but my issue there is not that long ago. And I and listen, I'm a believer. In money talks. It clearly does yeah. in every walk of life. But he was one of the most outspoken guys to Colt and, and Sleaze yeah, shitting on the thing on true. their podcast, talking crap about Phil, that's talking true. crap about the whole thing. And then he did it. And again, he got $10 million is a lot of money to 99% of people. But like the money he would have made, like he kind of just sold out like he was just over it, you know? And so he and he kind of pushed back a little. I mean, they're all like, I don't know what they expect, you know? Now, and I'm with you with the golf media. Like yesterday, I'm um, flip on the TV, and Eamon Lynch, who with Brandel are easily the two most outspoken, is doing a one on one with Jay. Eamon's so it's blocked. like, Eamon, you're, you, are, you have an agenda on this because you're in business with them. Yeah. So it's like, we're all in business with different people. If you're just authentic about it, yeah. I think people, especially like our generation, younger people, understand it, you know, at this point in time. Yeah. Eamon's blocked us on Twitter. For some reason, I have no idea. Like, I don't, I don't ever remember saying anything to Eamon Lynch, but he's blocked us. So I don't know. Well, he's been, he's been tweeting, I mean, for sure months about it. Uh, but it's like, obviously, he doesn't want the PGA Tour to go away. That's where he makes no. his money. Yeah. Of course not. Um, I, I think, so let me ask you this. So it, it ain't gonna stop though like i mean it's it, not when you bring up the hideki's the xanders I, I, yeah. we don't know this tony's it, it, these they're gonna get a couple of these especially like over the next couple months yeah again i was looking at the leaderboard today and it was like hard to the names like only three letters and i'm like i don't even there's that phil but once a couple of these guys especially like a kepka or a bryson like win and it's like damn they just made four million yeah you know or even got second and get two you do wonder if a couple fringe guys in that top 25 yeah. bounce. Yeah, the And if they bounce. Yeah, it's, it's dominoes. Um, the leaderboard's like playing a little Wordle game or something sometimes. I saw Taylor Gooch say that he, I read an article today that he had claimed, and again, he could be lying, that he had planned just his schedule was open. So when he went to London, he was just going to play because there was a lot of money he thought he could make and then continue to play on the PGA Tour. But that day, once the balls flew, that he got banned. I think it's easy to say that now because yeah. I, I remember reading like he got a lot of money to go. But yeah. it's just it's hard to believe any of these guys. So uh, so I was at I was at TPC Craig Ranch about a month and a half ago, and um, I was I was credential media there i was standing on the driving range one of our close friends charles howell the third comes up to me and he's an augusta guy my co-host pat grew up hitting balls next to him at augusta country club and he tells me we're talking about live and he's like dude i've had the conversation with greg norman greg norman's talked to me he's shown me um and he's told me that uh they have a hundred million dollar account earmat earmarked for nothing but litigation against the PGA tour when all this goes down. And that's just to start. And they want to fight once they go, once they go through that, if they need more, they'll use it. And Charles was like, dude, these guys are ready to throw hands and a hundred million dollars. Like, I think I just heard, you know, Phil throughout the whole numbers about what the PGA tour was sitting on in terms of a slush, 800 million or something. And I've heard that the actual number after COVID is now is the realistic numbers, like 300 to 400 million. That, that that's what they had after the co- after COVID kind of and they blew through stuff like you're that. saying just in a you're just in a fund just in like- that fund and so you're talking these guys have a third or a fourth just earmarked for what the PJ Tour has totally to to be able to fight this thing like that's that's one thing that that I think you know is coming is this the litigation hasn't started yet but but it's going to hit and it's going to happen 
And depending on what these majors decide to do, depending on what the guys down the street from me at Augusta National decide to do, it's going to make things very, very interesting um, for, you know, for, for both tours. Can both tours exist? So I was going to ask you this. If you're Jay Monahan today and you've handled it the way he's handled it up to this point, what's your next move? Like, what do you well, think one, people do? Well, one thing I, I saw Justin Thomas say that he's like, the way that I'm looking at it now is, is ultimately the, once we get sued, because it's going to happen, because yep. a lot of the guys, right, are not resigning. Like Patrick Reed, I saw resign yeah, yesterday. Yeah. He's like, I'm out, which again, I get it. Everyone hates him, but a lot of the guys are not, you know, the Gooches, yeah. Phil's, I, I don't even think Pat Perez, a lot of the, you work so hard. You're not going to resign. I don't think they're going to sue either. I don't think Brooks has either. No, he didn't. He said he didn't yeah, either. Yeah. So, and JT was like, well, once they sue the PJ tour, they're basically suing me. And I was like, that's kind of fair, but there is no way that Jay Monahan, when he threw down the hammer of the indefinite suspensions acted alone. Like ultimately, Roger Goodell represents the owners. Greg Sankey represents the institutions. If Rory McIlroy, JT, Jordan, and obviously there's a larger group of players as well, but like they were on board with that. No, do you agree with that? Like he didn't go rogue when he dropped the suspension. I, I don't believe without at least talking to some of his high end players because he represents them. Yeah. He ultimately represents the tour. If he did, to me, that's insane. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, and I don't know either. But I I, I my educated guess is he had to talk to some of them, yeah. which seems kind of crazy. Why would they want the smoke? But I, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think it's I don't think it's the right move, man. Like, I I think the move is I think he he acted a little too quickly on the suspensions because now you're in a, you're you're in a hard place. You, you are saying I'm okay, then I'm going to fight back and we're going to do this. But but you're also saying out of the other side of your mouth, I know I'm outgunned here and I can't compete with this foreign mo- monarchy in an arms race, right? That's what he said. So to me, I think you have to, I almost think you got a hat in hand before this thing gets too out of, out of whack and you don't have the players on your side with all the leverage, right? Uh, because if they take a Hideki or they take a Will or a Victor Hovland or a, whoever, then it starts getting more and more difficult for you. I, I kind of think it has to be like, all right, listen, we, we appreciate what these guys that have, that have gone over have built here on the PGA Tour, the, the, the names that they've already started to make for themselves. We feel like we can all work on this together. And, and we're willing to, to, to step back, reevaluate our suspensions, and, and, and work through this a little differently. I, I think that's the only, because if, if he doesn't do that, it's a really crappy situation for especially golf fans everywhere, because that's where I think the, the product continues to stay diluted um, and fragmented. But um, I don't think he's going to do that. I, I, I think why he hesitates doing, you know, trying to, quote unquote, broker deals or work together is he's afraid that the money they can throw out that ultimately doing handshake deals, they'll just steal everyone and ultimately take them over because let's face it. Greg Norman has a legitimate vendetta against the tour he does, and wants yeah. like to me and listen, a lot of humans. I mean, I've, I don't know about you, but I've had a couple in my day, <laughs> but if you don't have the resources to take down your enemy, yeah. it doesn't truly matter. It just you being mad. The scary part about this guy that has this vendetta who wants would love to destroy the PGA tour has the cash now. Yeah. And I, I, I would imagine Jay and other people in a circle and the people that fund the PGA tour that are, are longstanding money people have to be a little nervous. So they throw this haymaker, but if it doesn't connect like Mike Tyson, which it kind of doesn't feel like it's going to, especially if the majors keep letting them in, uh, which what w- you, do you think Augusta, Phil Mickelson won the thing three times? Yeah. Like DJ won. Uh, Bright, Patrick Reed is a champion. Th- these guys won the Masters. Yeah. Won the Masters, <laughs> you know? The, 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 
the room to me if there rumors. were no masters champ sergio like the, yeah. these guys in the last like decade yeah. i i don't think the masters drops a hammer yeah i don't think that's what's going to end up happening either i think if they were they would have already done something um i've heard rumors that they were going to drop the hammer i've heard rumors that they weren't from from people around here in augusta that you think they suspended phil or told him not to show up is why phil didn't show up or phil chose uh I think, I think what actually happened is Phil chose not to come. I think he truly chose not to come. I think that I, I, don't I, think I would wanted, probably lean that way. As I don't well. think he wanted the smoke at that point either. I think yeah. he wanted to go into you know everybody around him, his PR people, everybody's telling him to just disappear and and vanish for a little bit. Because once he didn't show up to the PGA Championship where he was the defending champion, obviously they would want him there. Sure, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, so let, let me. Uh, Phil's in a bad place. Clearly, Phil is Phil is messed up. Um, do you get this? Cause you're a content creator, obviously. And you talk about the PJ tour. Do you have people on your Twitter account and in your DMS saying what they're saying to us, which is, uh, well, I have, I have, I have two things. I have, we have people emailing us, DMing us. Hey, are you guys going to cover live? Are you going to, are you going to talk betting on live? Are you going to talk DFS on live when now that that's out DraftKings is doing showdown content for live. Um, and then we have other people who are going, uh, I can't believe you guys are covering live. Like, how dare you cover live and you're just giving it, you're giving it energy. You're giving it legs. Um, you know, that you're basically putting your stamp of approval on live by covering it as, as media. Are you getting that too? Have you gotten any of that? Yeah. I mean, I, no, I, I guess my philosophy now I get people that hate it and some people that don't understand. I, I think a lot of people in the media when they're really anti-live don't necessarily represent the consumer. I don't think the consumer really cares, but they do want to just watch whatever's easiest. And that yeah. now fracturing, it does make it difficult on them. My philosophy is like, I'll just talk about whatever matters. Yep. And right now live. And it feels like for the foreseeable future is going to matter. It's like, I'm sorry. Like once tiger showed up to the masters, there's not much else to talk about until like the, until the guy, someone else wins it. But like tigers get 90% yeah. of the coverage. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's just part of the deal golf's a little different probably than some of the major sports. Cause they're so heavily weighted on the top three or four guys. Like if Jordan's playing well, Rory's playing well, but that's what Liv did. They, they took the second most famous golfer of basically my lifetime, Tiger yeah. and Phil, and they took just major champion stars. So it's like, what, if they just had Sergio Lee yeah. Westwood, Coulter, no one would give Nobody a shit, yeah. but the moment they get Bryson, DJ and Kepka, I'm and honestly, Patrick Reed, Reed for golf audience is really interesting because yep. people hate them. So it's like they got people that like even Pat Perez. We were, I was talking about this yesterday. If he would have been one of the American guys, no one really would have cared. I like the guy, but no one cares. Yep. But once they take and, and if they continue to take Henrik Stenson, right, he's the Ryder Cup captain. The rumor if he goes over there in the next month and just waves his, like that is a major, major story. He just quits being the Ryder Cup captain. Six months into his captaincy? It, I mean, isn't that insane if that happens? That's absolutely insane. Have you seen Zach Johnson's quote about it, about the Ryder Cup? Basically, No, what he said. Actually, I think I could. Um, I so, can imagine. You see Freddie Couples today said, like, he's not friends with Phil anymore. Like, he'll never play golf with him again. He's like, we're not even in the same universe as human beings. Wow, I did not <laughs> see that. Let me show you. Let me pull this up on the screen. This is a quote from Zach Johnson. In order to play on the Ryder Cup team, whether you're top six or a pick, you must garner Ryder Cup points through the PGA of America, Johnson said. In order to garner Ryder Cup points through the PGA of America, you have to be a member of the PGA of America. The way that we're members of the PGA of America is through the PGA Tour. I'll let you connect the dots from there. So ZJ's basically saying, if you're not, if you're not playing on the PGA Tour, you're not playing on the Ryder Cup. Well, think about who his crew is going to be, right? Tiger will be there if he can walk. 
you know, I'm Freddie. I'm sure will be there. They've been with Tiger. Like it's yeah. just it's clear who his boys are going to be, yeah. and they're going to be very. Which is kind of sad because this last Ryder Cup, which was a sweet ass kicking, yep. Phil it felt like was playing a pretty prominent role around all the boys, 100%, right? Yeah. And the other thing though is like they stole some sweet Ryder Cup players. Like I, I trust Kepka in a big match. Like yeah, I trust same. DJ in a big match. Same. You know, Bryson. I don't know if I trust DJ, him as much, but he was fun to be there. Didn't DJ go five and zero? Oh? I, I bet on that at like forty to one. He went. He won five points for US w- this well, year. Think who became his BFF? Year. Like one of the best young players. Him and Colin are That's like true. boys. Yep. So it's like that pairing split. So it's just yeah. I, it's it's this story's not only not going away. It, it feels like yeah. uh, the internet in like two thousand two. It's like only starting. Yeah, people that come at us like that, I'm like, look, dude, I just quit my job 100 days ago, my full-time job 100 days ago to do this tour junkies thing full-time. I got three kids. Like, if everyone and their mom is talking about live and people want to gamble on live and people want to bet on live, then I'm going to talk about it. Like, that, I, that, that's, now it's my job. And as members of the media, like, that's what you're going to do. So, well, well I, and think about this. The, biggest, the four biggest events in golf are always going to be the majors. Like, that is not going to change. What is going to be the biggest stories in those majors moving forward when those guys either being allowed to play, yeah. those guys doing press conference, a lot of those guys yeah. are champions of those tournaments. I yeah. mean, it's just, I, I, I'm with you. It's, it, I, I think you'd be crazy anyone. Yeah. And honestly, it's like you turn on, you know, the PJ tour tournaments, they're talking about it. Like live is working from oh, yeah. a publicity standpoint. Yeah, they sure are. Um, well, let's talk, let's talk golf betting, man. I, I want to hear about, I want to hear about your, your, uh, your affection for golf betting, your strategy, what you love to do, what you've, you know, who's your guy that you constantly lose money on? I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I've had a lot. I mean, I've lost a lot of money on Tony Finau, probably Gary Woodland as well. <laughs> I mean, we, we all have our guys. I, yep. I think I've been gambling. I'm 37. I've been gambling on sports probably for close to 20 years, but only golf now, non like on the course when I was playing against someone else for maybe two years. And there's just nothing like the return on investment. And if you watch as much as we watch, you kind of get a little bit of an edge on certain guys. Now you can also become emotionally too close to certain players, but I I got probably the first year. Only thing I bet on were winners because there was just, you could get really good players at like 35 to one. And you know, in the NFL, if I take the Patriots over the jets, if I bet $200, I I might only win $170. You know, if they're the favorite, but if I, and I've hit winners before, not many, but once you do, it's hard to like, once you hit JT 20 to one to win the players last year, it's hard not to keep dabbling in winners or yep. DJ a couple of years ago when he won the fall masters, but you also, you know, can go dry for long periods of time. So I, I would say I have dramatically pivoted to putting less on winners and probably bigger bets on top fives and top tens, uh, is something that like, uh, the gala, Last week at the Travelers, I had a pretty large bet on him to just top 10, and it hit. And it yeah. just gives you so much more wiggle room on the top 10s. I, I, to me, top 20s go closer to like the NFL odds where it's like one-to-one, unless you're betting true long shots. But when you can get really good, like Pagala last week was 10-to-1 to top 10. Yeah. And to me, him and Davis, Davis Riley is another guy who has cashed some chips. I, I love betting on two guys that feel like Sam Burns and Scotty Scheffler of a year or two ago that yeah. are going to win. Like, it's inevitable. Honestly, both guys could win several times over the next two or three years. They don't go to live. <laughs> and you can still get them sometimes at like 40-to-70-to-1 to to range, yeah. right? And that means their top five or top 10 odds are 8-to-1 or 4-to-1, which is which you feel pretty good about placing – you know, quote unquote, larger units on, 
than you would because you bet even a hundred dollars on someone, you know, 20 to one, that guy could miss the cut, yeah, which sure. happens a lot, you know? Yeah. I love it about, I love that about golf gambling for sure. Is the return is the, it's the, the juice you get uh, out of the squeeze betting on golf. I've bet on the NFL. I bet on college football uh, for quite a while. I quit doing that altogether about five years ago, just strictly on golf. Uh, I just love it. So uh, it's always fun to, to talk that up with you. And I, I watch a lot and I rely on guys like you that like, I don't really study the strokes gained off the tee, you know, you know, obviously around the green, the putting clearly that matters. And in certain tournaments and you guys do such a good job on like, cause this does matter, right? West coast guys on the West coast swing, the guys that are comfortable in the Florida swing and that type stuff, their, their, uh, their history, right. On Poana or Bermuda yep. or what like that shit really matters. But I, I don't even know where to look. So I come to you and you guys do a great job because that that's something that I've really learned in golf, like guys to stay away from and guys that are comfortable. Obviously Billy Horschel, when he gets to the South, you feel good about, yeah. you know, there are certain guys on the West Maverick McNeely and you can just, and this is what sucks about live. If you start taking some of my guys that I like gambling on yeah. in certain areas, it pisses me off. Yeah. Uh, so you, if you listen to the podcast, are you more of a team DB guy or team Pat guy? You can be honest. Yeah. I mean, it, it sometimes I, I would say that Pat goes down some rabbit holes that I, I disagree with some of his picks, but then every once in a while, you know, he'll say something and you'll crush him. And then that guy will perform <laughs> yeah. well. And that's, that's the thing with golf. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, if I, if you told me like to see in golf, if you like Patrick Mahomes kind of overrated, everyone would be like, this guy's an idiot. But yeah. you can say things in golf. You're like, you know, Fina, like I shit, I'm not doing it. And you're like, what are you talking about? Look at this guy. He's like top 10 in all these yeah. tournaments. And you can just hate a guy who's really good. And you can get a lot of people like, yeah, I wouldn't bet on him either. Yeah. You know? That's, that's why I love, like, I love, that's what's cool about golf. There's just, you can have opinions on really good players and you can get people to agree and disagree with you. Where it's like, if you said like Nick and Joey Bosa suck, you'd be like, what are you talking yeah. about? Right. <laughs> there's, uh, there's just so much variance in it. Right. That's what, that's ultimately what we're talking about. There's even for the best players in the world, except for the tiger era, the, the real peak era, you know, favorites lose golf tournaments way more than they win golf tournaments, except for when tiger was crushing everybody for so long. Right. So I love that. You know, every week for me, just the way I like to bet and the way, that, you know, what I like to sweat, I know every week, that like, basically, if you're shorter than 20 to 1, I'm not touching you because it's yeah. golf. It's hashtag four-letter word golf. And the chances are, you know, one of these guys beyond you longer than 20 to 1, it, you know, one of the, if I got a handful of those or I can only bet one or two of you guys at 10 to 1 or 15 to 1, I'd rather have the, you know, the alternative. Um, well, like John Rom, to me, his odds got so out of whack for a while. Like he's like seven, eight to one. It's like, guys, he's won like one time in a year. Yeah. And he just wasn't winning where the, I would say the one guy that like, if I was going to go big on a favorite going into the open, just because this guy's had an incredible season, he ran out of gas of the travelers. But I would say Rory, you'd feel like you got a pretty good chance on a guy that's just had a hot season. He's been close. If he were to win of all the guys that are going to have out, cause I bet his odds for the open. What do you think they're going to end up around nine to one, 10 to one? Yeah. Right. Um, they're they're going to be high. They're going to be, yeah, they're going to be pretty short. Let's you want to look at some odds real quick for the open. Yeah. I kind of want, that's another thing I was thinking. I wanted to one guy that I placed, I've hit a couple top 10 bets this year. So I've, I've had some uh, ammo in the accounts and I've placed a couple futures and I did it on Zalatoris after the masters, maybe it was the PGA championship to win the U S open. And I also did it, I think, after the PGA Championship on JT 
to win the open. I, I placed a pretty a couple two and a half units on him. I think at like 16 and a half, 17 to one. Uh, just because a guy that has all the shots now has bones to kind of keep him under control. And he can be a little hit or miss right when he's off at majors. It can be, but I just, I think of all the top guys beside probably Rory, I, I like JT a lot. Just a guy that feel like I feel pretty good about taking as a favorite. Cause like you said, I mean, a guy 38 to one could easily win the open, especially yeah. that thing could get weird. Right. Yeah. I mean, and the majors are a little different. Like I talked about that. I mean, it's, it's hard to completely fade the top, you know, the top 10% of guys in a major championship because typically those guys are the ones bringing it home. But um, it sounds like you had a good number on JT because I'm seeing 14 to one right now on your family. Well, it's gone up because he's been, yeah. I mean. um, the, the guy, the thing I was going to tell you, so we just played, I just literally two Wednesdays ago, we were in Scotland on this golf trip. We played. The How much it cost to play the old course? Uh, it was like, I think in US dollars, it came out to like 300. That's an incredible and, and deal. And then you have to tip the caddy. You tip the caddy 80 to $100. Um, but I was going to say, it really changed my viewpoint some, somewhat. Or, or maybe, it, maybe it really solidified some of what I thought to be true about the Open. And, and my caddy was a very experienced caddy. He'd been there for forever. We're going to try to get him on the Tour Junkie show to help us out with the, uh, with the Open Championship. But I think the Open at, at the old course begs for uh, a guy with experience there. And or, because there's a name here that, that I still really like that's in, at shorter odds, uh, or a caddy with tremendous experience at the old course uh, or with some experience at the old course because these sight lines at this place are so tough. Like, knowing where to hit the ball, even with all the infrastructure built up with the, with the scoreboard. You know, my guy's telling me, all right, see the TV tower, hit it there, see the leaderboard, hit it there. Like, that made it a little easier. Is it because everything's so flat and you can't so really tell? Flat and you can't tell where's, you know, where am I landing this? And, and some of the tee shots, you can't see all the bunkers that are out there. And let me just tell you, like, I complained about being in bunkers here in the, U, in the, in the U.S. when I played golf. I will never complain again in my, in my entire life. Every bunker I went in in Scotland, not one ball rolls to the bottom of the bunker and, to, you know, to the flat spot. They're either, if you just roll in, they're on the downslope, or if you hit it too far, you know, they stop on the upslope. What, what was the deepest bunker you were in? Um, I didn't get in many. Now, Pat went in just about every bunker you could be in. Pat went in the one. Uh, we played Carnoustie, too. And Pat went in the one on Carnoustie. Is it like number 16? Um, what do they call it? Hell's Bunker or something like that. He was in that one and did not get it out and led to like three shots. But they're all like that. So I think a yeah. guy with some experience at the old course, a guy that's got a caddy with some experience at the old course, a hell of a short game. It's a hell of a short game needed. Like, and, and it's creativity, it's imagination. Um, I, that's all required. And a guy with a temperament that can handle when you just get a shitty bounce. You hit a great shot and you just get a shitty bounce because that happened all the time. I learned quickly, when you're in Scotland, you keep your mouth off that golf shot until that ball has stopped. You don't say good shot to your buddy. You don't say, like, you don't say man, that's perfect. You don't take your eye off of it. There's no, there's no hit it and then a quick tee pick up because you know it's good. No, you watch that thing till it stops because how hard, how hard is the ground? So firm. And my caddy told me, my caddy was like, dude, when you guys leave, when they shut it down, all they're doing is browning this place out. Like the whole plan is to bake this thing and brown it out. And I can't imagine it being, it was any golf course that I played in Scotland that week, that week was firmer than any golf course I've ever played in, in my life here in the U S and they're going to make it firmer. So you're going to have weird bounces. You're going to have bad bounces. Do you I, even take a divot when you like hit like a, you know, five iron? You, you take a, not a five iron. Um, yeah. Like I an eight iron? I didn't see a pitch mark in, 
the whole wow. trip, not one pitch mark the whole trip, didn't matter what you hit into it. Um, it's just firm. So I think guys like Scotty Scheffler and guys like Cam Smith, guys with yeah. good, you know, good short game, creativity, uh, even keeled, even tempered, aren't going to lose it on a bad break. Scotty, I, th- I think Ted Scott's been a weapon for Scotty Scheffler. Ted Big Scott time. on the bag has been a weapon. So I think he's another one to look out for if you're talking some of those shorter odds up there. Shane, Shane Lowry? Lowry, yeah. I mean, he's been playing really good. I think he disappointed a lot of people at the U.S. Open, right? But um, he fits the, you know, he fits the profile for sure. And, you know, we're not even talking about the wind. I mean, the wind is a, definitely a factor. So the guys that hit it out of the center of the club face every time and control their distance is key. Uh, but it's also... So, the, so what about the shorter hitters like the, the Harmons and the Kisners? Kisner kind of got it going a little bit, I think, compete. last week. You know, Those yeah. guys can compete because the ball's going to roll so far. Like, it's gonna it's gonna roll so much. I mean, I I was hitting like 380 yard drives on some of these on some of these holes we played. If you hit it right on the little, you know, it just down, goes down slope right on the perfect little spot on the fairway, it just never stops. It's, so these big hitters are gonna hit be able to hit four irons 300 yards. Yep. The low the low runners. Yep. And we'll see what kind of conditions we get. I mean, hopefully it's windy, but I I know that it will be firm. That's that was their whole goal. They shut down a month ahead of time. They're they're shut down now. Their goal is to make that place brown and fast and firm. It'll be so. If the wind gets going, it could be diabolical. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just. And if it doesn't, they could dominate. It is going to be a lot of. It's going to be highly variable if the wind gets. It's just going to. You know, we know this about the open, right? The the wave advantages. The 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 wave. You know, there's. Well, the one Morikawa one, it wasn't that windy, and that one like hearing the way you talk about it, like do you like a Morikawa at a course like this? Doesn't feel quite like his style. Short game scares me a little bit, but the ball striking obviously carries wherever he goes. Like the ball striking is great wherever, but the short game is is still a little. You know, like the kids say, "sus." I don't know if they still say that, but you know, it's a little sus. So like. Him and like a Victor Hovland to me scares me a little bit, even with the great ball striking, just because you have to be so good around those greens and out of those bunkers and all the undulation that we've already talked about. I'm, I'm telling you, it's so much. Well, I know Jordan has missed a million Jordan. short putts, but it, it sounds like, I mean, his ball striking in a short game, you know, in terms of his wedges. Yeah, if his putter, dude, I don't know what's going on with that putter, but uh, we'll see if he plays. I don't know if he's playing the Scottish this week or not. Um, I'd be interested to see if he's playing the Scottish and if he gets the putter working a little bit better. Yeah, it feels like they're going to be, especially for DFS, and then a lot of people on Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, those are going to be popular players. Yeah, we'll see. I think Cam Smith might, you know, he, he disappointed at the at the U.S. Open. I don't know. People maybe, He's a little off. Maybe wearing thin on Cam Smith, yeah. Eldr- Eldrick? Is it an easy walk? Yeah, I think he could. Yes, yes, it's not a hard walk. Um, I mean, unless and he's going to know that place like the back of his hand is his favorite course. 100%, and that's something else. Like, he's not going to have to rip, you know, I mean, at Augusta, like, you have to rip driver sometimes, you know. For, yeah, you don't have a choice, contend. especially now. Yeah, you have to contend. If you want to contend, you have to do that. He's not going to have to do that, I don't think, at the Open. He can hit those little stingers. He can hit a smooth driver, three-wood here and there. Um, and it's all about the knowledge, the force knowledge, the creativity, the shot making, and the, and the short game. Like, I think, I, I think you noticed at Southern Hills, and I know he was struggling, but like. What are his odds right now? His first. Uh, Thursday, Tiger was hitting all these irons. Like, Tiger, this isn't 08. And I'm not trying to call him out. Like, he's the greatest golf strategist ever. And then by Friday, when he just grinded out to make the cut, he was pulling driver, and he even kind of admitted, like, you know, strategy. Well, Tiger, you don't spray the ball with the technology like you would have in 06. Yeah. <laughs> the heads, it's way different. You can, can, even you can just play this fade 310 down the pipe. Yeah. You have to hit driver. So moving forward, I, I wonder if Tiger... You can't really play the little plotted around. Like, that's not how these guys are playing anymore. There's bombs away. Yeah. And, and I think that's probably one reason why he avoided 
you know, the PGA, the US, the US Open. Open, like he, you know, and he, he just had, he's had the Open Championship circled, obviously, because it's 150th and it's back at St. Andrews. That that means a lot to him for sure. But I also think it's because it's the, it's the only other major, probably the major, that he had the best chance to, to really contend. He's 41 to 1 on FanDuel right now. What about, and I know he's had a kind of a weird season and he's in live, but like Kepka? Uh, I mean, you I, like any of the live guys at this place? Um, I don't even know if DJ even pays attention anymore. I think might hell. I actually think DJ's DJ would be the one I'd be most. Well, Reed. I mean, P. Reed is interesting to me. Yep, P. Reed is interesting. Not I, a Bryson place. Probably not a Bryson place. Um, now Reed is probably the guy. I mean, I think it, you know. Uh, what about all the Euros? Will they be comfortable there? Yeah, yeah. Westwoods, so. Polters. I think it's a place these older guys like Westwood and and those guys could contend. Um, I don't I don't think I'd bet them, but I think they they could be in the they could be in the conversation come come the weekend. Yeah, it's I, I can't wait. It's yeah, been no. it's actually been a pretty incredible major year. Really has all, all the majors have been fantastic. Great I guess the news. Masters, you know, it got interesting, you know, on Sunday. But Tiger added such an element; it was so cool. Yeah. But the last two majors have just been knockdown, drag out high level intense courses and that's i think sometimes these guys are so good now like it's enjoyable to watch i'd say even the you know minus five range because you just it's hard for them to birdie you know i've seen these guys driver five iron on 600 yard you know par five i like to see these guys struggle it's it's enjoyable i do too i mean i think yeah, I, I wish we had more of the, you know, these difficult courses, difficult setups on the PGA Tour. I, I don't think we need a lot of them, but I wish we had a few more sprinkled in. Uh, you know, the 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 AT&T Byron Nelson 26 unders kind of kind of get a little old yeah. after after a little while. But um, was it what was the one, Scotty? Was it the Arnold Palmer? He, Scotty won the Arnold Palmer. That was playing hard. Him versus when Billy yeah, Horschel. API can API can play tough. Yeah, that, that place that terrible, place looked like a beast. Terrible golf course. Though. I played it last fall. Very forgettable golf course. If if you didn't have all the Arnie stuff, very forgettable. I, I had a tour player tell me that like it was in like Tiger's kind of era. He's like, you know, Tiger hated that course. Yeah. I'm like, well, he won it all the time. They're like, well, yeah, he was obligated <laughs> to play it because Arnold. So he's like, I might as well win it. He despised that place. I think that's something very unique to Tiger because I don't know that there's many guys on the PGA Tour that can hate a golf course like that and then just decide to win it. One thing someone brought up to me, which is not going to work in the tour's favor, I'll get you out of here on this, is that Arnold Palmer, and you see, you see it with Memorial, I mean, Jack, let's face it, I mean, every year he looks dramatically older. The yeah. Byron Nelson for a while. All these guys used to go to those three tournaments yeah. out of paying respect, yeah. right, to those guys. It'd be like if John Elway, Joe Montana, and Dan Marino had, like, but Arnold Palmer's not there anymore. And look at the field. Byron Nelson, like, he's long gone. Look yeah. at the field. Once Jack goes, like, are all these guys going to play the Memorial? They, I think they do for a year or two after they pass, but then it dilutes immediately. So a huge, those three tournaments were huge. I mean, think Tiger, I mean, obviously was huge on those three places. And, but he kind of represents like where star players would go. And if that starts happening, this is again, where Greg Norman, he's like the shark circling the boat right now. I mean, the younger they get, the the less and less they care. The less memories they have about Byron Nelson or Arnie or Jack. I mean, it's just that's just. Well, think about Pebble reality. Beach. I mean, no no one shows up beside Jordan because that's a sponsor. They all go international. Yeah, it's a terrible event now. I mean, I, Tiger is the key here. We didn't really talk a lot about him as it pertains to live, but obviously the 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 the, the silver bullet in a lot of this could be 
if Tiger would step out and and advocate for the PGA Tour and come out and just basically rip rip live a new one. Um, that could be the silver bullet that stops all of this thing. But I think anything short of that, and we're all kind of probably looking at a fragmented golf world for at least the immediate future, which doesn't sound like a lot of fun. His presser is going to be must watch the open because he's, he hasn't talked about it since whatever the PGA and not as much had happened. Right. Yeah. Now they've had several events. All these guys have defected. They're all going to be there. Tiger was, I, I thought, I think it was at the PGA kind of rip fill. And I mean, it'd be, you know, what's Tiger have to lose now? He, he doesn't care. No. He's kind of like kind of loosened up. Honestly, Tiger could just let it rip. That's what I'm and saying. I would imagine Jay wants him to let it rip 100%. there. He's going to get the questions. hundred percent. Jay's Jay's sending him, you know, uh, damn, you know, edible arrangements every week, asking him to go oh, ahead yeah. and, and rip, rip Norman a new one. Hey man, uh, John Middlecoff, this is a lot of fun. Love talking to you. Everybody needs to check out, uh, the three and out podcast and, uh, all that John's doing over there on Colin Cowherd's network. I'm a big Colin Cowherd fan. I used to listen to him back in the day, uh, a long time ago. So yeah, Ooh, Colin's the man. We gotta, we gotta get him uh, more on the golf course, but he's, I think he's in Turks and Caicos right now, living the life. So, uh, must be nice. Uh, yeah so uh thanks for coming on well, love to have you back on and let's do some yeah thanks a lot man keep it keep rocking and rolling and love what you guys do man appreciate you thanks john